the starting 11, 99.1, the sports animal. Will West, Chris Carroll, top 11 topics in the world of soccer. Every Friday night, normally, we're on Thursday night this week because of Tennessee basketball. On Friday, we have another week, and it's another incredible special guest. Right, Chris Carroll? Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, Will, good to, good to be back with you, mate. Um, yeah, it gives me a great pleasure to introduce our guest, Mike Edwards. Mike's been described as the model pro. He made 551st team professional appearances. And you don't do that if you're not serious about your profession, you know. And he's, he's, he was a versatile player over his career. He could, he's a rare breed. He could switch from central midfield to central defender or vice versa. Um, really looked after himself. And now he's, putting that, he's, he's, he's transferring that knowledge to players. He's in the fitness and conditioning um, game now. So he's passing on that knowledge. He's fit enough, to be honest, to play himself still. And I'm proud to say he's an ambassador of FC National. So he's sending our players here in Knoxville training programs as well. So great to have you on the program, Mike. Thanks so much for giving up your time. And, and how are you doing? No, my pleasure, guys. It's uh, nice to be on. And yeah, all, all's well, to be fair, over in the UK, as, as can be. Uh, Mike, if you don't mind, we'll start out here with point number one. You just tell us a little bit about your career. How did you get into soccer? What got you into football there? What was your path to being able to play professionally for so many t- so long? Uh, if you don't mind to just kind of give a breakdown for the listeners uh, of that. Yeah, not a problem. Um, I'm, I'm from Hull originally, Hull City. Uh, not doing so well at the moment. We was in the EPL, but we're, we're down in League One at the moment. But um, yeah, I was born and bred there. Um, my dad was a, a Hull fan. All, all the family's from there, so massive Hull fans. So for me, growing up, uh, like I say, my mum and dad, big influence really of sort of me wanting to play football. I love, I love playing it. I got picked up sort of really quite late. I was 15 when Hull picked me up. They had something like an academy. It wasn't quite how they are structured now. Um, but yeah, I played sort of the under 16s, which was my last year at, at, high, at high school here. And then they wanted me to sign and play um, a, a, a apprentice contract. So I signed for two years and then literally I'd left school and about not even 18 months after leaving school, I made my first team debut. Um, so I was like 17. So I was quite young, really. Uh, a bit, uh, yeah, I remember it quite well. Um, at the time, I used to have to do jobs around the around the stadium, sweeping the stands, cleaning boots. Um, I was training with the youth team. We'd done that. I was sweeping the stands. And I just remember the assistant managers running around the pitch and just came to me and went, oh, what are you doing tomorrow? I said, oh, well, the youth team were playing at Bradford, I think, away. He's like... What do you fancy playing for us tomorrow? I was like, uh, yeah, if that's okay. <laughs> you know, I was like, um, yeah, well, well, okay, not a problem. Meet the bus tomorrow, half ten. Be here. Find a suit and shirt and tie. And uh, yeah, you playing tomorrow? You playing tomorrow? Then you're gonna you're gonna start. I went, oh, brilliant. Um, he said, oh, um, can you do me a favour though tomorrow? He's like, what? He said, where do you play? I said, oh, I'm, well, I've been playing centre half for the youth team. He said, oh, you're playing left back tomorrow. I went, okay, not a problem. Yeah, I'll play. <laughs> it was one of them. Just didn't care. And um, so, yeah, made my debut. It was a Yorkshire derby as well. Um, it was, I remember the game. I'll never forget the game. There was nine goals in it. So it's, um, it was, and I remember it was 5-1 down at the time. And I'm thinking, oh my days, I'm never ever going to play again here. Um, but then we, we scored to make it 5-2. Um, and then I just, I always remember it because it, it was sort of packed out, a good sort of 10,000 crowd. And and the uh, our fans are chanting, we only need one more. We only need one more. And then we got to 5-3 and they kept going and going. And it was just, honestly, the, I couldn't have asked for a better debut, even though we lost 5-4, but I honestly couldn't have asked for anything better. And from then, literally, I mean, I was hooked in football anyway, but that game massively hooked me. And, and to sort of make my debut from a hometown club is something that I knew my family would be proud of. And I was proud of myself. And it's, uh, yeah, it was an ambition I wanted to do. And 
from then, sort of played for, made like 200 odd games for, for Hull at the time, um, and then sort of moved on. Um, sort of when the, the new stadium arrived and the new sort of, the new owner came in who managed to take them to the sort of Premier League, I'd sort of just left as it sort of started to kick off then. Um, and then obviously I moved to a couple of smaller clubs and then went on to, for a short stint, should I say, and then moved to sort of Notts County, which obviously was the, it's the oldest football league team in, in the world. Or was should I say? Because I know they got they got relegated a couple of years ago. But um, but yeah, I sort of went there and and yeah, had sort of a good. I was over there for two stints. I did eight years, eight years sort of playing constant um, for eight years. Went away for a couple of years and came back as a sort of a player and a sort of conditioning coach. Where fortunately um, managed to sort of win the league, win uh, league two at the time. We won it, and that was the time when we had sort of uh, Sven Goran Eriksson came in. We were sort of we had all this money we had obviously Casper Schmeichel was in goal Saul Campbell sort of came and I mean we already had a good sort of team we had there um, anyway but it was promise of all these stars and like as a player you're thinking well that's me done that's me done but you know what I've always been a fighter I've had too many managers to speak about really of my career but every time I've had to sort of prove myself and just through hard work and, and and just doing what I can do being consistent and that's always sort of been my game but like I said, we was lucky we we won the league. Um, yeah, I think it's about my, my sixth time for trying something like that. Um, brilliant to win it. Um, we sort of were flying by the end of, end of the season. We had a lot of games in hand, and we just went on and took off. It was a great season to be part of that. All right, that brings us to point number two. What's changed in the world of conditioning over the years? For me, I think it's a case of I think a lot more more of it has been monitored, and I think a lot of the things we I did at the start. So I've been lucky. I've gone through the say old school but the part when nothing was really recorded or monitored or, or sort of times distances and um, now everything is sort of registered it's monitored it's scrutinized why am i doing this what am i doing that for um and i think when i first started all that was there but we, we didn't quite know why we did it i think the managers did it because they saw it worked and people didn't get as injured and they was able to cope with the the demands of the game i think all now is there's just been labels put on everything um I think as well, as much as you look at it, I do think players in the game is getting a lot faster. Um, I think it's come on a lot. I think it's not just a case of about ability. It's, it's been able to be robust. I think robust is my, one of my favourite words because it's like you've got a, a season's a long, long time to play a lot of games. And I think being able to be consistent and and have that sort of ability to be able to carry on and play in um, the game that you love week in, week out, it's tough. Um, I think I think the mental aspects come out a lot more. I don't. I think uh, I know when I was younger, there were, it, it was a little bit different. I think players you, you strived as a youth team player, you strived to get in the first team dressing room because you weren't allowed in there. Basically, it was a case of I had to knock at the door. That a pro would ask me for his boots, and I wasn't allowed to enter. And I'd have to knock on the door and wait until someone said enter. It's like it's little things like that where it's a little bit of. It may seem a bit wrong as in a level hierarchy, but it helps you strive to get there. And once you got there and you was in and amongst it, the pros are great. They put their arm around you to tell you off or, do you know what I mean? They're, they're trying to influence in a good way and a positive way, but you always knew it didn't matter whatever happened, they had you back. And it, it sort of, it helps you. I think that was the mental aspect what really helped you get there. Um, I know nowadays it's, it's a little bit harder to do that in that sort of the way it was done. Um, and I think that's where, as I say, a lot of it now, sort of, whether it's like you say psychologists or other way, the coaches are having to sort of work at that's quite a bit of a different way. And I think for now, you've got no excuses as a player because 
you've got every single resource you want. Like I said, psychologists, performance coaches, nutritionists, coaches all spend the days with you to work on your technique. I think there's no excuses now. I think for me personally, looking back, I didn't quite have all that. I was, I needed that guidance more, I think, for sort of from coaches and I'm, I'm somebody who, do you know what, if you told me to go run up the steps a thousand times, I'd do it. Do you know what I mean? If that would meant I was going to, do you know what I mean? It's going to make me better. And I think a little bit of that guidance I sort of needed, but now you've got it, it's everywhere. Um, do you know what I mean? So it's great. It's a great time to, to be um, in the world of sport. It's also quite a tough, tough time as well, because there's a lot more people wanting to do it, if that sort of makes sense. Yeah. Great, Mike Edwards joining us here on the program, starting eleven ninety nine one. The Sports Animal. Point number three, Mike. What you, you played defensive uh, positions? Why right now are teams struggling to find defenders in this era of the sport? In your opinion, um, I think I think it's changed. I think that, I remember having a conversation probably about ten years ago with somebody, and we were sort of talking about the fact that actually, do you know what? I think uh, central defenders, a lot of centre midfielders will become sort of um, defenders because it's not a case of now just, I mean, I was lucky. I mean, I changed my game halfway through, but um, my career. But I think nowadays you have to be able to play. You've got to be able to be comfortable on the ball. You've got to be able to play out. You've got, it's not just about always just heading it and kicking it. I think um, the the demands now on on centre-backs is a lot, lot more. It's not just about the defensive aspect. Um, I mean... As much as it is, it's it's hard to do that. I know if you look at say John Stones, people have um, given a lot of criticism previously. Now they're sort of saying, "Oh, he's brilliant, he's brilliant," but he's always been able to play. And it's 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 one end maybe the other side of it. He just needed to tighten up. And it's it's I find playing centre back it's more of a mental drain than um, a physical drain because you it's constantly thinking not to make a mistake. Because if you make a mistake, there's only the keeper to pull you out of it. Um, I think like you say for me. I think looking through academy, especially in England, I think everybody for the previous, say, 10, 10 years or more, 15 years or more, been looking for that next Messi and Ronaldo. And so everybody wants to be a number 10. It's like, I always say, a big advocate myself, why don't you be why don't you be the best right back? Why don't you be the best centre half? Do you know what? You might not be, why are you looking to be a number 10 all the time? Because there's only one position, that's number 10. Whereas if you're a defender or even another midfielder, you know what? As I said, I made my debut at left back. I was a centre back. I made my second game at right back. It's I was versatile because I could. I knew defensive how to work defensively, and I think um, instead of always striving to be that number ten, which is, do you know what Messi, Ronaldo, players like that are sort of. Do you know what I mean? It's like Mar- Maradona and stuff. The sort of one-off type people really, who for whatever reason they've got that brilliant gift to be able to do that. Uh, to find that it's it's hard. So why not, like you say, coach more of that sort of defensive aspect even more and. I think we're getting there. I mean, for, from a personal point of view with England, I think we, for English players, we've got a lot more technical players now. And that's due to the, the change of how we've done in academies where we, we have strive for that number 10 and that dribbling. Um, but maybe, like you said, I think maybe we've been neglecting that, that defensive aspect, really. Mike Edwards joining us here on the program, starting 11. Will West, Chris Carroll. Mike, you made the horrible decision of deciding to stay with us for the entire program. We do appreciate that and our condolences. <laughs> no, it's not a problem. I'm enjoying it. Don't worry about that. <laughs> All right, we'll come back on the other side. Man City, how long can this streak go? We talk about it next. This is the starting 11, 99.1, the sports anthem. Looking for children's soccer coaching outside of the club scene? Carroll Sports Academies has been coaching soccer for over 18 years. Their professional coaches keep it fun and build confidence while providing structured classes. Years of experience has helped shape their fun soccer curriculum, which prepares players for competition. Never played before? No problem. 
problem. Beginners and experienced players are welcome. They truly believe children of any age should receive quality soccer coaching. Check out their website, carolsportsacademies.com. This is the starting 11 99.1, the sports animal. Will West, Chris Carroll, and we've got the great Mike Edwards joining us, longtime Hull City and Knotts County player joining us on the program today. We're at point number four right now, guys, and Mike, we'll start with you on this one. How long can this Man City winning streak go? It's one of them. I've really enjoyed watching them. I think the it's one of them that when you get the confidence, um, it just it, you go into games just thinking, you know what I mean? You're going to win. You can concede goals, and you think actually it's not a problem. We're, we're going to score a couple of goals. Don't worry about it. Um, watching them, they've just massively clicked, haven't they? These last sort of few months, um, I think they've probably played it right from the start of the season. I know people have saying they'd gone at the start, but I think I alluded to before that, do you know what? I think because of what's happened with this situation, it's been a long, long season from the end of last year. And I think, do you know what? I think they've given them a little bit more rest at the start and thought, you know what? We'll sacrifice the start of the season. And then, do you know what? From about mid midway through, we're going to come and steamroll teams. And I think because they've had that bit more of a break, um, let the players have that mental recuperation, which I think is, is very clever from obviously what, one of the best managers in the world, I think now, like you said, that they're just dominating. It's it's really great to see. Um, I compare it a little bit to. I mean, I'm a big Spanish football fan, so I remember obviously with Barcelona. I think you'd see Barcelona dominate for say two, maybe maybe three seasons, and they start to just fade the fade away, and then they'll have a season or two where they readjust because basically I think teams have wiped them out, and so you think, oh, Barcelona's gone, but it's not. They've they're just having to sort of, it's like a, a, a circle going around. They're just changing their like evolution in sort of that type of way where they're just going to come back around and then they'll dominate again. And I think that's the same with City. I think they've, they've had that bit of dominance. They've had that, like I say, just, just tailed away a little bit and then they're coming back strong. And it's, it, like I said, I know when you watch the games here, I know, I mean, uh, I, mean if you ever, I don't know if you have Michael Richards um, over there when, when he comes on the telly, he's a massive Man City fan, but he's so passionate and he, he's a big advocate, like I said, I know I spoke about John Stones earlier of how he's, he's come on board. And it's, for me, it's great to see that because that shows you the mental strength he's got because I know he t- went there for a lot of money. Um, he got a lot of stick, a lot of stick because he performing, not performing how he wanted to do. And it's not that he wanted to go there and fail. He wanted to go there and be successful and be the number one. And it just shows you the the biggest thing in sport. And that's the thing what, um, as, as, as English players, we definitely have a lot of is that mental strength to sort of push ourselves and not to give up and go. And it could have gone either way for him, but it's great to see that he's kicked on. And, and you know what? He's fought for, fought for his place and he's bought his time. And, and now, he, now he's flying and doing well. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I think, uh, I think most people would say, well, they can't see them losing now. Because when you watch them, they're just unbelievable. They're like a machine. I mean, it, it was it was Wolves' turn, wasn't it, just a couple of days ago? They made the mistake of of saying, "Well, come on, then try and break us down and try and score," and they and they did, and they did, and they could have scored ten, you know. And um, but I think the test for for City now will come with the Champions League starting. That'll be the big test. It, it, Mike's right. It did look like they'd kind of sacrificed to a degree the uh, Premier League at the start of the year because I thought. You know, Pep was putting his eggs in the Champions League basket. Now, now the Premier League's clicked and everything's clicking. So, in the past, they've kind of uh, stumbled and I don't know, been psyched out of it a bit with the Champions League. You know, when it's got to the latter stages, 
I think the quarterfinals the last two years. So that'll be the test now. Can they keep this going? Can they keep can they keep things clicking against your PSGs and your and your Bayerns? Um, but certainly uh, domestically uh, in England, it doesn't look like they, anyone's going to touch them. All right. So I would have a bold prediction here: draw with United this weekend. So it's that three. Really? We, we're we're all about two weeks removed from United having scored a goal. So three straight draws for United. Right when I start to think, man, are they just really going to keep Solskjaer there? Every time I think that, that's when they do something I don't expect. So I'm not expecting United to win the match this weekend, but the winning, so the, so the unbeaten streak will continue. I just think the winning streak this weekend comes to an end. Otherwise, I'm probably looking at April 3rd with Leicester City because in between there, that might be the next opportunity. They have Southampton, Fulham, Everton at home. I just don't know that I believe that they're going to lose any of those matches. So I think that they could have a draw this weekend with United. I don't see United beating them again, but maybe maybe April 3rd would be the next spot that we look at that I think that they would have a chance to lose. Point number five, guys, and we'll start with you on this one, Chris. Right now, is Leeds the most exciting team in the Premier League? That's a good shout, Will. Um, they're certainly they're playing probably the most exciting games because they can be great going forward, but Similarly, that can be really bad at the back. Most exciting team for me right now, when they're on their day, and I hope he doesn't go back to being defensive, is your Spurs, Will. When you watch those, when you watch those attacking players of Spurs click and go, it's, that for me is exciting. And that game the other day when they played the four that I've been wanting him to play up front and, and everybody else, Kane, Son, Bale and, and Mora, who's really underrated in my opinion, those four... Those four attackers are unbelievable. Rip Burnley to pieces, and it all happens so fast. And that, for me, is exciting. When you're watching a game, a team gets the ball, and it's bam, you know, and they're, and they're gone. It's two, three passes, and they're up the other end. And, um, yeah, so I, I just want to see more of that from Spurs. So although Leeds are exciting and, 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 and they play in exciting games, I think, I think Spurs, for me, just edge it in excitement. What do you think, Mike? Oh, I don't like agreeing with Chris to some degree, but it's, um, I mean, obviously I've, with the wife being a Spurs fan, I've obviously had to been forced to watch Spurs quite a bit. And I think at the start, um, the way they were playing, yeah, it was, I mean, even like, even last year in the, in the seasons before, I've, I've watched them a lot. They are hit and miss, um, but when they are hit, they are, they're, they're frightening. I mean, you look how they're breaking, how they go, it's, it is, it's, it's, it is exciting stuff. Um, I think for me, currently it's, it is Man City the way they play. Um, they've got the full whole package the way they can because they can break, they can keep possession at the back, they can move it really well. Um, so they are massive up there. Leeds, I think, I think like I say that they are they are they are good to watch. They're entertaining if you're thinking goals. But for me, being a defender, I'd be pulling my hair out like I say because you concede in so many goals. And I think it's it's not always just about the attacking side of it. I think the I think the with having Bielsa there and, and the the love of him, and I think if you maybe put more of a if he wasn't there, would there be would the look and have that sort of people thinking, oh, they are that exciting, the most exciting team? If he wasn't there, maybe not so. I mean, they're doing they're doing excellent for sure. They're doing really well because obviously a lot of them players have come up from the championship, um, and they do they play some good stuff. They're structured in what they do, um, and they do it well. I know a lot of people do think they're sort of off the cuff um, to some degree, but they're not. You watch you watch them and you break it down. You actually watch the whole game. Um, the way they move and, and play, players drop in, they're very regimented how they do it. It looks as if it's not, but actually they are very structured in what they do if you do actually break it down. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just look at, like I say, with that attacking power of Tottenham, like I say, like I, say I mean, it, that goal epitomised it when Bills dropped deep and played the ball over to Kane. 
like I think people have spoke over here, the, the guys watching it, normally it's Kane getting it and slipping Sonno. But now, if you say we're more up there, Kane's staying up there, Son playing higher and all bail, it's, the options there could be absolutely frightening, really, for them to sort of break through and go forward. So I do enjoy watching Spurs, for sure. Um, so it's... Uh, yeah, it pains me, but I've got to agree a little bit there with Chris. <laughs> Nobody tell Laurie or, or Richard that I said this, uh, but I, I think it's West Ham right now that I enjoy watching the most. It, it's every match is close. They're in the top four with a nine-goal difference right now, uh, in goal differential, which is just crazy. They've only scored three fewer goals than Leeds, but to only have a nine-goal differential through 26 matches, Every match is close. I don't know where the goals are going to come from with, with West Ham. I can't imagine being a West Ham fan just because just of how nerve-wracking that would be. Uh, I would have to take some type of like uh, high blood pressure medication or something like that if I was a West Ham fan. But they're coming <laughs> out on the right end of it. And so they, they just continue to win. Also, the Spurs drive me nuts. And I'm always texting Chris during those matches to explaining to him how we're going to pull a draw out of the jaws of victory, which happens far too often. Point number six, guys. And we'll start with you on this one, Mike. With Virgil van Dijk's injury, who's the best defensive player in the Premier League this year? Oh, it's is it is a good question. I think, like I say, alluding to the fact of you saying about, uh, do you know, what I mean, what's happened to all the defenders really? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I'm a. I think, like I say, looking at, I know Luke Shaw's got a lot of plaudits with the way he sort of turned it turned it around, similar to like say with John Stones, um, where they're at the moment currently they they are doing absolutely fantastic because um, they've had they've been up against it for for different for the reasons of being high priced uh, players coming in. Um, and not maybe started how they wanted to, and and like I said, they've both pulled it back to be, to be to be brilliant. To be fair, I know I'm a big I'm a big fan of Kante um, so as a midfielder for breaking things up. Like I said, this year maybe not having having the season that he has done before, but as a sort of defensive midfielder, he's definitely up there, as sort of being one of the best. And and again, you can't say write him off. Oh, he's been brilliant, 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 and then he's it's having a bit of a blip. It's it it can happen, um, but. Um, again, he is a, is a centre midfielder. If I was playing behind him, I'd definitely want him in front of me in that respect. Um, but but I think the other, other player as well, again, I know it's a Man United player again, like, but Wan Bissaka, I know obviously we had Richard Shaw on before, and I know he's worked a lot with, with him, and I do. I watch him, and I think one on one battles, he, he's, he's very, very good. Um, I watch him, and you can see the fact of he's, he's worked at his game there, so to compete of, of snuffing players out and, and tricky wings, to be fair. and I'm look, I'm look, really looking forward to sort of this weekend with the with the Man United derby, really the Manchester derby, because like I said, you've got a couple of good fullbacks there, and then you've got a couple of good wingers, so it's going to be a going to be a really great matchup um, to do that. I think going a couple more players I really like. Um, I mean, after, I know they're not not doing it, but I know the likes of say um, like Ben Mee has been doing really good at Burnley. Um, I know obviously, yeah, they're not in a position they want to be in, but I think when you when you talked about early before. About do you know what I mean, where these centre centre backs come me again at Burnley they show me where do you know what they they play I've always said defending is like a game of chess get your pieces in place and it, it makes it so much easier and I think the likes of him and Tarkovsky are very very good in what they're doing and like the likes of Michael Keane um, at Everton you can see he's come from that sort of from that area because just the way he defends likes to get tight um, will head it and kick it which do you know what sometimes doesn't. As much as you want all that fancy stuff, there's nothing wrong with sort of doing that and being being aggressive and, and getting tight to your man. And, and like I said, that's that part, what you talked about being missing. And I watch them guys and, and I see that in them, that they're, they're determined to win the ball or sort of whenever it goes in the box, really. What do you think, Chris? 
If I had to pick the best one, I would I would go Ruben Diaz at City. I think earlier on in the season, one of the biggest well, City were they weren't firing up front and they were looking vulnerable at the back. And I, I remember saying that they just hadn't replaced Vincent Company, and it, it just looked like there was a guy missing there and with, with some authority. And Diaz seems to have come in and and plugged that gap. And 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 also, I don't know if he's a catalyst, but like Mike said, Stones now is 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 revitalised and playing really well too. So those two at the back, but I think they've been fantastic. But I think Ruben Diaz. He's just he, he plays with authority. He's he's he seems to be a guy who can and do it all. You know, he can defend and he can he can play as they say. You know, good with his feet as well. He doesn't just stop other people playing, um, which isn't a bad thing because I mean the first thing you want your defenders to do is to is to is to defend your goal. You know, like like Mike said, heading it and kicking it. You know, and 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 then if you can play and play out, then that's a bonus. We'll come back on the other side. This is the starting 11, 99.1, the sports amp. Starting 11, 99.1, the sports animal. Will West, Chris Carroll, top 11 topics in the world of soccer. Usually on Friday nights during basketball season. Lady Ball is going to play on Friday this week. So we are on to Thursday. Excited to be on here with you. A great Mike Edwards joins us now. Longtime whole city, Knotts County player, now a conditioning coach with Knotts County. Really excited to have him on with us today. And we're at point number uh, seven right now, gentlemen. And uh, Mike, we'll start with you on this one. What's happened to Sheffield United this year? Um, I think it's... I think for me, looking at Sheffield United, they've comparing a little bit to last year, they never they never sort of won by loads of goals. And I think with this year they've not they're not losing by loads of goals. I think they've sort of still the same to some degree from last year. And like I said, I think recruitment wise they've maybe not added um an, enough, say, of that quality for the Premier League quality, the EPL quality for on top of it. Um I think like I say, whether that's down to the financial side of things or the fact of they're thinking, you know what, we don't want to overspend, we don't want to go too big because they don't want to plummet down like a lot of lot of teams have done over the years. I think the if they do go down, they've got a great, you know, I mean they'll have a great chance of coming back up with the, the team they've got. I think the other side of it is the fact that teams teams do go up and they get that the momentum. We talk, talked about Leeds earlier, they're they're doing well, they've they've got they're carrying on from what they've done. And I think with them, I think other teams have sort of worked them out a little bit more. It, which can happen. I mean, we spoke about uh, spoke about Barcelona. Man City. Teams have worked out what makes them tick. How can we stop them? And I think that's what they've done. It was like when Leicester won the league. Do you know what I mean? It's that how they played. It was teams could not quite work them out. We couldn't work out what the best way to do it. And by the time they did it, they won the Premier League. And then the next season, maybe didn't do so well because teams had worked out what they were doing. And that's the beauty of football. And that's the the tactic side of it. What a lot of now with all the research you can do on teams easily it's that's what 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 a lot of teams do they do the homework on you and yeah it was sort of a big impact from Sheffield United but as I said if they were getting getting beaten four or five nil every single week it's a little bit different but they're there or thereabouts in games and it's uh, it's a shame because I mean I've played against Chris, Chris Wilder's teams uh, when he was at, like at Northampton and his other teams when he was in low leagues and he's a top guy and uh, again I just hope they hope they don't sort of do you know what I mean? Cut loss and get rid of type thing because you know what? He's done a great job. Um, you talk about burnout. The Sheffield United have gone back to back promotions, whatever. Done ever so well. A little bit like, say, people are looking at Liverpool. 
Liverpool almost won the league before, going 100 mile an hour. They then won the league and now they're having a bit of a burnout. I think that could be the case as well with Sheffield United. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I think it, it, it is the goals, but I think there's a whole bunch of factors that's contributed um, to that. And it's the famous second season syndrome, as, as Mike was just saying. And it, there has been disruption right the way through the team, really. And it's easy to say they don't score enough goals, which they, which they obviously haven't, to win enough games. And, and they bought a forward or two, Rian Brewster from, um, from Liverpool. He hasn't worked out. But a lot of their a lot of their goals came from defenders getting forward, and they're, they're, the, the, those central defenders even getting forward, and, and they've been disrupted through injury as well. So I think the whole the whole system, as well as them being worked out by other other teams now, I think the whole system's been affected. Um, that take out the passionate fans as well, because what you're losing in skill and quality to your Liverpools and Manchester United, teams like Sheffield United can, can make up for in, in, in support and passion from the fans, you know, and that, that'll give them an extra, an extra lift. And that, that's been taken away. So now you've just got, you've got that passion out the way and, you, and now you've just got two teams going for it, you know, and, and, uh, and so I think that's, that, that's possibly affected things as well. But so right the way through the team and then the confidence goes, you, you, you get, a, you, they took a while to win a game or two, and then your confidence drops, and then it's hard to get it back, and then you get into the slump, and it's it's really difficult to reverse that. So so yeah, it's 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 just a combination of things just culminating in not enough goals, not enough games won. They're not they're not getting hammered any any particular week. It's just the odd goal, and um, yeah, confidence has gone and right through the team, and they 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 although they they they, they sneaked a little win, was it uh, yesterday or the day before? Um, it's not looking great for them now, is it? So uh, hopefully, hopefully they can regroup in, in the championship because it looks like they've gone, and then come back, uh, come back again stronger. Point number eight: Do you expect Jack Grealish to force his way out of Villa this summer? We'll start with you on that one, Chris. It depends. I think it depends what happens with his uh, well, two things: his England career and where Villa finish in the, in the league this year. If Villa, well, let's start with the Villa thing if Villa qualify for Europe then I think he'll stick around uh, because obviously he's, he's been, he'll be playing in Europe next year so he won't have to go to a bigger team to be doing that I think if he can get consistently selected for England and we've got the Euros coming up in the summer with him playing for Villa and the, and, and, and the big sort of the big thing is that you have to be playing for a Manchester United or a Liverpool one of the top six to be playing for England regularly there's some sort of snobbery there with the, the and, and you could argue that there always has been. Um, if he can if he can get into the Euro team, have a great Euros playing for Villa, then again he won't need to he won't need to leave. So, but if he doesn't, if he doesn't, because he's playing fantastic, and most people would pick Grealish now for England. So if he do, if he doesn't get selected for England, and if Villa don't qualify for Europe, then I think he could be looking to uh, looking to move just to, just to give his his uh, his career a kickstart. But if he can achieve those two things, then I think he'd be really happy in staying with Villa. He's a Villa fan. He's from Birmingham. And, you know, we'd think, well, why do I need to move? Yeah, Mike, what do you think on that? You played for your boyhood team, so you kind of know the situation that Grealish is in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing you've got news that I haven't got because, I mean, like Chris said, he's a massive Aston Villa fan. I've got no idea that he'd want to force his way out of there. And there's no, I don't think there's anything over here saying, suggesting that he's wanting to do that. Um 
I think, like I said, yeah, he, he wants to play at the best and do that. I think, like I say, he, he's brilliant. I mean, I, I was unfortunate. I'd left Knott's for a couple of years when we took, I know Jack went alone at Knott's and I remember speaking to the boys then. It was like they needed two balls in training because you just couldn't get the ball off him. He was, he was, he was brilliant, but he's a villa through and through. And I think, do you know what? There, is it a club where it's his hometown club and same for myself. If my, if, if Hull were in the Premier League at the time and I'm playing week in, week out, it's not a problem. I've got, I don't need to go anywhere because they've got the backing with the owners. They've got a lot of money there. Um, they're, they're pushing, they're improving. Like I said, they stayed up last year, which was a great, great success. Um, they're up there, they're getting higher and they're looking to improve. And, and I think for me is. I was quite disappointed when I when I left Hull. Um, I didn't really want to go, but I knew, speaking at the time to so the manager and that, I wasn't part of his plans at all. And I was obviously still young, but he's a massive part of the plan. So it's a case of, do you know what? He's it, it, for me, it would been great to take my hometown club up to the Premier League, be a part of it for for it, and finish my career. Do do twenty years at, at my hometown club would have been fantastic. Um, taking them all that way, and I think for him, he's in the Premier League. He should have been playing for England, even even in the Championship. Because, like I said, as a ball carrier, I don't understand. He's just fantastic to watch. You know what I mean? He's, he's something that it, we've maybe been missing a little bit in England. I think um, from an international side of it. Point number nine is our target man, Chris. One player you're targeting to have a big match week this weekend. Well, I'm going with one of your boys again, um, Will. I, I'm going Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale for uh, Spurs on <laughs> against against Palace. So, I mean, Bale finally, finally, he's buzzing. He hasn't looked like he's been caring the last, uh, well, since he, since he arrived back at Spurs the second time. But for the first time against Burnley the other day, he was buzzing. He wanted the ball and he looked busy and he was he, he was just involved in everything. And, and and that's what we've been hoping for and wanting to see. I mean, two goals he scored and the second goal was absolutely fantastic. So, so yeah, that for me, I've got uh, uh, Bale to have a big one against Palace and um, you know let's see Spurs can keep on the march and get back in those those top four places they got a bit of work to do but but they can put a run together what do you think Mike I can't I've got two players written down and he actually was one of them to be fair so I can't um it's <laughs> I, I semi-agree I think uh, like you said he uh, Bale's not he's not really played much with uh, Real Madrid before he came and and you talk about players with loads and stuff like that and and the injury side of things he's for me, he's not he's not being fit, and people have criticised him, and it, and it is. It's about managing players in, and I know he's very careful with on his injury side of things. So I think it is. It's great that he's that shot form, and I think I, I have put him down for the fact of right, go back it up now. You've scored two goals, you've got that assisting. Go on and show us again that you can do it again. It's not just the sort of that sort of one off type thing because it was. It was an exciting time for him coming there. But for me, I've gone for, actually. I, I did actually put him down as number two, but for for one, it's for me. It's Gundogan. It's the Manchester derby. And he's been in terrific form, like I said recently. And it's like, go on then, here's your chance now. Go, go make that big statement in that in that Manchester derby. Go, like I say, go get get them a couple of goals you've been doing, or get them assists. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. It's uh, it's definitely the, the match. I'm definitely looking forward to watch it. Uh, my youngest, although he's an Evertonian fan, an Everton fan, should I say, he's uh, he does like City as well. To be fair, um, and so yeah, it's gonna we're gonna be watching it. And yeah, I think he's gonna have a big a sort of a big influence. I know. I know there's De Bruyne there, obviously again another big player, Sterling step up and and, and again for, for sort of Man United the players like Fernandez in there, but I, I think Gundogan's the one I'm going to be sort of watching. I think he can really sort of stamp his authority and have that big game. 
Yeah, I'll go with the bombing gang against Burnley this weekend. Part of that might be just recency bias of having watched the the crosses go in and and guys finish in front of net uh, with the top, with the Spurs match against Burnley last week. But I also think with the way that Arsenal's playing right now, they're scoring goals at will. Three of the last four matches, they've had three goals or more scored. A bombing gang is it's back to being a bombing gang after he took that little break where whatever the family issue that was bothering him that Arteta said that he needed to take some time away to deal with the family issue. My gosh, has he come back and been the Obama Yang that we expected at the beginning of the season? And it seems like the struggles for the first half of the season have been behind him. So I think this could be a 3-1. This could be a 4-1 type match, I think, win for Arsenal in this one. So I, I think Obama Yang is the guy that I'll go with. We'll come back with the final segment of the starting 11. This is 99.1, the sports and Looking for children's soccer coaching outside of the club scene? Carroll Sports Academies has been coaching soccer for over 18 years. Their professional coaches keep it fun and build confidence while providing structured classes. Years of experience has helped shape their fun soccer curriculum, which prepares players for competition. Never played before? No problem. Beginners and experienced players are welcome. They truly believe children of any age should receive quality soccer coaching. Check out their website, carolsportsacademies.com. Final segment of the starting 11, 99.1, the sports animal, Will West, Chris Carroll, the great Mike Edwards joining us for the program. Mike, really appreciate your time today. Longtime whole city, Knotts County player, now a current conditioning coach with Knotts County. Thank you for your time, man. Really appreciate it. No, no problem to say. It's, it's, it's great to, to chat to you guys. So it's uh, a lover of football like yourself. So it's one of them. It's always good to have a good old chat. And Chris, we're especially excited because Mike's not a West Ham fan because we've had to deal with a lot of those lately. I know that was the uh, that was the condition. I think he might be, and he's just made another team up. I think he's, he's just gone with, gone with something. <laughs> no, 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 no. Too many West Ham fans lately. Yes, absolutely. Oh, and I've got I've got bad memories of West Ham. I actually did my crew show at West Ham on Upton Park, so it's, uh, I'm definitely not a West Ham fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're at point number ten, Mike, and you can speak intimately about this subject. Why have so many teams in the Premier League been decimated by injuries this season? Um, I. I think it's one of them. I, th I think because of the the epidemic and everything, what's happened this year. I think from sort of the, the end of last season, it's been really drawn out. Um, I know sort of for players. I know myself being a player. It's for a lot of them it, for that motivation to sort of train and and the level that you need to what week in week out training on your own. It's it's not the same. It, it isn't the same no matter what you do. There's so much you can do, but you need that interaction with players. Um, the intensity, that, that drive. Um, it doesn't matter how much you train on your own. You need to be within that team and playing with each other. And I think that's sort of the, the sort of going back almost to the summer. I think that sort of is sort of dragged out a little bit. And I think so going into it, players are being asked to play at a level what what they've previously been used to, not properly conditioned because they've not had the the proper pre season, which um, I mean, I it's one thing I do. I build pre season in the club I work work for now. Um, so it's the team here, it's I've planning their preseason, which is six months six months before the preseason starts. Um, there's a lot of time and effort goes into it in planning from the games, from the structure and that side of it. It has been tough even for the team that I mean their season's been voided this year um, that I've been working with, and it, it's hard to plan it because the goalposts have been moving all the time. I think uh, a little bit like we alluded to as well, talking before. Do you know what the game's getting faster and faster? Um, the ceiling's been pushed every sort of every few few seasons. You know, I mean, the demands of 
the, the speed of players, the decision making, how they move, how they play, and and the, the details. Not just about the tactical aspect, but um, even the pitches. I mean, you look at like the Leeds United pitch. It's there's the big complaints about that. The players are slipping over, and it's causing it probably is causing a few sort of injuries. What they're not used to. I remember speaking to some guys. I know. I think we'll I think we Leicester's pitch once. I think one part of the pitch uh, this was a few years ago. They made it a little bit harder due to the fact they had a winger who was very quick and needed a more harder ground, so he actually could run quicker on that side of the pitch at home. Um, it's them details what they're going to. I mean, it's not just about the training. It's not just about the players. Let me ask you this, Chris. Do you think it's been unfair, the schedule? because I think they might covered everything as far as the conditioning side there. Do you think that the schedule has been unfair to players to ask them to play League Cup, FA Cup, Europe? Now we've got World Cup qualifying, and we've had Solskjaer and um, Klopp that both spoke out about that uh, just yesterday. Do, do you think that the schedule's been unfair and that maybe the, the Premier League and UEFA should have rethought the way that they've done the schedule this year? I don't think so. I don't, in my opinion, I don't think it's unfair. But I think, and I touched on it, back in the day, teams used to have a, a reserve team. There was a first team and there was always a second team. And that reserve team played every week and there was a ready-made replacement ready to go. So if you if you if your centre back got injured, your reserve centre back came in. And it was, you know, it wasn't necessarily a, a, a young kid just out of the apprenticeship, it'd be, it'd be a, a seasoned pro. Um, and so there was a, a lot of teams didn't miss a beat, you know, and I think for whatever reason, there's, probably, there's, there's obviously good reasons behind that. Maybe it's money or they, they cost too much at the moment, but to, to not many clubs have what you'd consider a second team. So you can do that. It's always, teams always suffer when they lose their first team player, you know, and, and I think, and I think it'd be, it'd be smart or wise for, for teams to go back towards that and and so that you can have more of a squad system right like man city i mean they, they're rotating players all the time and he's and a lot of it's man management keeping those players happy so that the ones who aren't playing that particular week you know they're not looking for a move just because they're not playing you know every week um but city are a great example top top level players all unbelievable players the player gets injured next one comes in and he's ready to go and um, and so you know, it doesn't seem to be unfair to them. They're handling it well, and I think, I think, I think clubs, for, for whatever reason, they just seem to be, they just seem to be light on 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 the squad. And Liverpool did put those young lads in for a couple of games. I thought they were going to get away with it, and then they stopped doing it for some reason. And Liverpool was still up there, and then they stopped doing it, messed with messed with it, and put, like you say, Mike, put the midfield players in in, in the centre back, and then it all, and then the midfield went wrong, and then it all fell apart. Point number 11, match of the week, upset pick of the week. Chris, who do you have for your match of the week? Well, I mean, Mike's mentioned the big one. So I'm going to avoid the, the big, uh, I'm going to avoid the big route one Manchester derby. Just so now I've got a second choice, although that would be the second choice really. And it is an intri intriguing game for me. It's, it's Chelsea against Everton. And it's it's just to see how those two teams continue or, or, or continue their striving for the top four they're both in top four contention Chelsea are on a been on a great run with with Tuchel since he arrived and Everton have been my dark horses for the top four um for quite a while now uh, I really like watching Everton and um, and Mike I think your your lad's Everton fan you said yeah so he's, yeah. he's happy at the moment I, I, they're great to watch and my upset of the week is that same game if it's so uh, there's only a couple of places 
um, difference in the league. But Everton, Everton, I'll fancy Everton away at Chelsea this week, I think. So uh, Everton to beat Chelsea is my upset and the same game, the match of the week. What about you, Mike? I can't, I can't believe Chris has got an hat-trick with me there because it's... <laughs> well, well two, two reasons, obviously. One, my lad being an Everton fan, he's like, Dad, you got to drop them in it. I said, don't worry, I'll mention it. And to be fair, I do. The way that, the way they've been playing, I it's one of them, I, I think, as I say, as Chelsea, as much as they've started pretty well under the new management, I think it's uh, Ancelotti going back there and stuff. I think it's one of them, he, he'll be desperate to win there and, and the way they've been playing. So that has been my little matchup. I mean, the, the other way as well to give a little bit of a dig is that obviously you've got the uh, Black Country derby. So it's like for Villa to beat Wolves is obviously, but that's a foregone conclusion, really. Do you know what I mean? It's... <laughs> oh, well, thanks very much, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so so to, to, as a, as an upset, it would be Wolves beating Villa. I think is the way I've got to say, aren't it? Is that right? <laughs> yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> Mike Edwards, fantastic job! Thank you so much for joining us this week. No, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Brilliant, Chris Carroll. Always a great job, man. Yeah, cheers, Will, and cheers, Mike. Thanks very much for coming on, and uh, you know, great fun talking talking soccer with both of you guys. Wonderful. Mike is one of the ambassadors for FC National. FCNational.org. Right, Chris. Yeah, that's right. FCNational.org. We're uh, if you're interested in playing competitive age uh, age eight to eighteen, we'd love to hear from you. All right, we'll be back next week. Friday night, we'll be back next week, barring what happens with the SEC men's basketball tournament starting eleven ninety nine point one. The Sports Animal.